Sin acknowledges and pays respects to the owners of the land, the house of Sin, and the studio stands, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin also acknowledges and pays respects to the elders and traditional owners of the land our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Sports Desk. I'm Tom Perry, and I'm joined once again by my fabulous co-host, Jacob. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm back. It's uh, It's been a little while. I've uh, missed being here. It's, uh, I've, I've missed you. Stories. <laughs> I've Aww. missed you so much, Jacob. And we've also got with us today, Jesse from the Friday Show. Yes, they tried, but they couldn't get rid of me after I did the Get Serial this morning. I'm just here to do a quick FA Cup rundown in the opening bit. Oh, yes, please. So, done? what is the latest news from the FA Cup, Jesse? Uh, well, I was doing... The half-hour news updates this morning with updates on the scorelines and the big story this morning, Liverpool out of the FA Cup at the hands of Chelsea and for the first time this season, back-to-back defeats after that heavy loss to Watford last weekend. Uh, Willian and Ross Barkley with the two goals there. Chelsea a 2-0 home win at Stamford Bridge. Newcastle United also went through to the sixth round, beating West Brom uh, by three goals to two with a first-half double from Miguel Amidon getting them over the line. So back in form, I assume Newcastle's attackers have been uh, strongly lacking for most of this season. And the other game so far is in extra time, actually. Um, First half of extra time just completed at the Majeski Stadium between Reading and Sheffield United, Mm -hmm. a game that, of course, Sheffield being in the remarkable form that they've been in in the Premier League, they would have been... Uh, comfortably expected to win this. They were leading through a second-minute goal from McGoldrick. They were cancelled out just before half-time with a penalty. And we sit evenly poised. Uh, oh, no, actually, yes, right here on my phone, there's been an update, a goal scored. Uh, Sheffield United back in front, right right as I'm speaking there. Uh, they've, they've hit the lead again <laughs> right on the cusp of the first half of extra time ending. Billy Sharp with the goal, so they lead two goals to one over Reading now and I would think that they should be able to see it through. So that's the FA Cup news for the morning. Three <laughs> three quarter finalists should be determined now. Okay. Um, so that's, that's all. That was what I was updating on the Get Serial News this morning. Well, so, Well, that's excellent, Jesse. And before we let you go, how long until the FA Cup ends? The final of the FA Cup usually takes place just after the conclusion of the league season. Okay. Um, It usually goes the last weekend of the Premier League, then the FA Cup final, and then the uh, European Champions League final is usually the last game on the calendar. There are a couple more games tomorrow morning, and then one extra one Friday morning with Man United involved. So the quarterfinals, I think, should be at the just around at the end of the month. Um, Because they've got a lot of Premier League fixtures they really need to push through now with previous scheduling delays and everything like that. So, yeah, they had to find space somewhere to get these things done. 
Of course they do. Well, thank you very much, Jesse, for joining us. However, briefly this morning, we'll <laughs> let you go home and have a big rest. Yes, I'll be back mm-hmm. on. Uh, I'll be back as a regular contributor on Friday show. Right, excellent. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. And Jacob, what else have we got to look forward to on this morning's episode of Get Serial? So today we're going to talk about the Women's T Twenty World Cup, the Olympics. Some big news not uh, long just came out. Yes, uh, the basketball finals and the AFL Community Cup. Okay. That's all today in our show. We're on your radio. We're online. We're digital. We're everywhere. Sin Media. Tom, so you were actually at the games on Monday, the T20 cricket games. Yes, indeed, I was, Jacob. I've been saying on Sports Desk to take the kids out of school, you know, just head along to the game, doesn't matter what's happening, just go see it. Mm. And I thought I should practice what I preach and actually go along to one of these games. And so I did. And it was a great day, but I very nearly didn't get into the ground. Yeah? It was at capacity, and most of the tickets had been sold. And as soon as I got to the, the ticket box, there was a very polite young gentleman whose name I don't remember, who said, uh, we're all packed out, but if you wait around for a few minutes, we might have some spare tickets come up on the screen. And within seconds of him saying that, two tickets came up on the screen. So me and my friend were able to get into the ground, and I had an absolutely ripper day. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's some great luck, actually. It is uh, incredible so luck. The two games you saw. Mm. So you saw the um, Australia and New Zealand clash. Yes. And the Sri Lanka and Bangladesh games. How were they? So the Sri Lanka and Bangladesh games, unfortunately, I only caught the tail end of them, but it was a bit of a fizzer because in the end, Sri Lanka won quite convincingly. It was their only win of the tournament, but they scored, well, they won by nine wickets with four overs to spare. And the player of the match was Shashi Kala Sira Wardenar, and that was her final game of uh, cricket ever. She is going to retire from international competitive cricket now, and she says that she does have a future in cricket. She's going to continue being part of the game, just not in the capacity of a player. So, you know, kind of fitting send-off for her. Yeah, there, it sounds like a I really thought. nice send-off. And I imagine the... Um, well, you were there, but I mm. imagine the crowd was really um, nice about it and, you know, gave her a... Bit of an applause. Yes. The so the crowd send-off. was slightly smaller at that time of day, but yeah, very warm send off there. And the Sri Lankan contingent, you know, you've seen them at the men's games. Mm. They are absolutely loud, boisterous, got behind everything. Oh yeah, they're they're such a passionate crowd. They are a very passionate crowd. So it was yeah a short match, but you know it was kind of heartwarming, mm. I guess, to see that there. And then after that, we of course had the headline game, which was between Australia and New Zealand. This was do or die for Australia. They needed to win this match to stay in the competition. And, of course, they did. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> mm. And so I, I, I remember seeing here and there uh, that this game was great, that everyone seems to just love this one. Yes. It was like an absolutely fantastic game, and I'm so glad I saw, saw it live. What happened was that New Zealand won the coin toss. They sent Australia into bat, which I thought was quite interesting. And Australia ended up making five for 155 after 20 overs, which is a phenomenal score in 2020, let alone the women's Mm. game. So that was incredible. The top scorer there was Beth Mooney with 60, uh, but everyone in the team, they made a significant contribution. Mm. And yeah, it looked like it was easily Australia's game after that. I was absolutely convinced we'd win. And then New Zealand came in and they put in a solid fight. I have to say, like th- there were so many ebbs and flows in that game. It just went mm. up and down consistently. And there were times when I thought that New Zealand would run away with it and other times when I thought Australia would, could possibly win. Uh, 
like you know that feeling when you don't know how a game's going to turn out and you're oh, really yeah, nervous it, and you're just leaning forward and you want to chew your fingernails? That's how it felt like for a few overs in that game. It was just like you really wanted Australia to win, but uh, yeah, in the end they did quite comfortably. Um, I think New Zealand had something like 21 runs to hit off the final over, and even though they only lost by five runs, you know, it, by the third last or second to last ball, it was pretty obvious that... Yeah, Australia had the game. So even though the scores look close, yeah, Australia won convincingly. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say this is the type of game that's um, you keep, as you keep saying, bring your kids out, take them to a game. This would have been a perfect game for a kid to get into cricket with. It was absolutely, and there were actually kids there. I saw yeah. primary school age kids, high school age kids. Some were just with their mates, some were with their parents and grandparents. There were a lot of older people there at the ground, actually. Yeah. So, so a lot of baby boomers, a lot of pensioners there who came along to see the game, which is great, mm. but it just kind of threw me a little bit because you're so used to seeing all these like young 20-something, 30-something males at the cricket. But no, I'm very pleased that people did turn out to this game. It was a capacity crowd. I think the official figures were 3,144, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you try and pack that many people into the Junction Oval, yeah, it yeah, did that, look, that's a big uh, it number did. for the uh, Junction. It is, and it's also worth noting that a few people, particularly a couple sitting behind me, said that they could have easily fitted like another 100, 200 people into that stadium because there were some empty seats in there. Mm. I was in the Ironmonger stand, which is the one closest to the big corporate box that they have at the city end of the ground. And, yeah, I was looking over my shoulder a few times. I said, oh, there's a few people here who, you know, could fill up the seats. But with that said, there were people on the grass. There were people out and about at all the food stands. So... Yeah, I reckon that the crowd they had there, the ICC will be pleased with that. Yeah, without a doubt. It's a great turnout. Great to see all ages, yes. especially on a Monday morning. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. of course, the game started on a Monday morning, went through into the afternoon. I think because it started at 3 o'clock, that's what um, enticed some people to go to the game. So it's school knock-off time. Ah, yeah. You can just bring the kids along to that. But with that said, in order to get to the ground, you would have had to physically gone to the school and got the kids out early anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of uh, lowlights, shall we say, in the match. One was Elise Perry, who got a significant hamstring injury while she was fielding. So everyone was concerned about her shoulder, but yeah, it was her leg at the end of the day that uh, gave out on her, and she is going to miss the rest of the Women's World Cup and the upcoming tour of South Africa because of that injury. I have to say, the crowd is right behind her. Like, there was a bit of concern before the game that her shoulder would uh, stop her from playing and that she'd be replaced by either Sophie Molyneux or Molly Strano, one of the two Victorians. But no, Elise was in the final 11 and she got the most rapturous applause when she um, was announced and when she walked onto the ground. So, yeah, everyone loves Elise. Yeah. Well, I mean, just just your opinion here. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, she's gonna, her missing at all would uh, have an effect on the game against uh, South Africa later in the month? I don't believe it will because Elise hasn't really fired up this tournament. I mean, the mm. game here at the Junction Oval, she scored, where's her scorecard here? 21, which is a pretty respectable score. And that's the highest score she's had all tournament. And she really is more of a bowler anyway. So I think yeah. there will definitely be other people in the team who can cover her. Uh, for the remainder of the Australian summer. But well, it's autumn now, obviously, but y- you know what I'm saying, yeah. Jacob. Uh, what, what else happened in the game yesterday? Well, 
We had uh, high scorers in the New Zealand game. Katie Martin top scored a 37. The captain, Sophie Devine, scored a quick fire 31 until she was stumped by Healy. She was absolutely impressive behind the stumps. Mm-hmm. Yep, so two stumpings there in the New Zealand team. Yeah, I think that's just about all I've covered from the AusNZ game. But yeah, it was an incredible day out. There is the men's T20 tournament coming later in the year. I recommend that everybody get along to that as well because it's just Definitely. an absolutely fantastic day. And one last thing, I did bring a female friend of mine along who showed no interest in cricket whatsoever. She's never even been to a game and she was absolutely wrapped in the day. Like She is just following oh, yeah, with, the without sport. Without a doubt, yeah. if, if you've got a friend who's not into cricket or mm. you know someone who you know has been on the fence of, maybe I want to get into this, mm. maybe you know I follow a bit of baseball maybe you know bring them along and if you shout them a ticket i'm sure they'll uh, they'll come and they'll enjoy the day even if it's not for the cricket itself the crowds mm. are um the crowds are always so much fun to be in oh yeah and the crowd was on top of things as well i, th- I remember that there was the 100 run or 50 run partnership even that happened and then immediately after that it was beth mooney's half century and as soon as she hit the ball the crowd just went off it's just like yeah i'm yeah. your beth it's, it's great to see and you know as I said, bring people there. Get more people into cricket because it, it's a game that everyone loves. It is. It absolutely is. More people should get into cricket. Mm. That is the one thing that you should take away from our discussion today. Sin, where young people run the show. You are listening to the Sports Desk on a Wednesday with Jacob and myself, Tom. And at this point, we were hoping to talk about the two 2020 games that happened yesterday in the Cricket World Cup that's happening here in Australia. But unfortunately, they got rained out. Mm. Uh, the two games in Sydney, they got rained out. And there is another reason why Melbourne is better than Sydney, because it doesn't rain out cricket games. Well, not as often. Not as often, anyway. <laughs> uh, there was... Some movement in the game between Thailand and Pakistan. They made a very respectable score of 150, which I believe is their highest score for the tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Nafikan Chanton top scored with 56. And Pakistan, unfortunately, didn't get the chance to bat because the match got rained out. Mm. And then at 7 o'clock, we were supposed to have a game between the West Indies and South Africa. And there apparently is a plan to get the game going today. But um, Jake and I have heard no news otherwise, so it looks like that match is also being abandoned, which means that we have determined who will be in the semi-finals for the Cricket World Cup. Who do we have? Who do we have? Well, on top of Group A, we've got India. They'll be playing England, who were second in Group B. That happens, uh, or hopefully, should it not be rained out, that'll happen tomorrow afternoon at 3pm at the SCG. And then that evening, we'll have Group B's Victor South Africa playing Australia, who were second in Group A, and that will happen at 7pm. But again, it all depends on how the weather goes, Jacob. It is starting to get a little wetter more recently, so Mm -hmm. let's hope we can get through uh, this week. Yes. Um, but it looks like it should be a good set of games. Um, who have you got? So, who have I... To win, you mean? Yeah. Well, I think that India will easily triumph over England. We saw England yeah. struggling a lot in Australian conditions recently, especially against India. And, of course, they've been phenomenal in all their games so far. So, it looks like India will be the victor of that game. Uh, Australia, I think will have a very narrow victory over South Africa because we haven't played them at all so far I over think, the summer. I, th- I think I agree with you there. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like it could go either way, though, that mm. one. it's it's Yeah, it, it's too even on it, both sides. They've both been on a pretty 
decent role and mm. uh, yeah, there's nothing to say either team has the advantage. Mm, very true. Now, in the eventuality of there being a game which is rained out or both games being rained out, what will happen is that India, who are top of Group A, will head straight through to the semi-final and South Africa, who are top of Group B, will also head straight through to the grand final, not semi-final, grand final, I should say, at the MCG on Sunday, which, of course, is International Women's Day. Mm. I was actually speaking to a couple of people at the ground, the Junction Oval, on Monday, and I was asking them whether they believe that the grounds will sell out because the plan is to have a record number of people coming to watch a women's sporting event. The current record is 90,000. I think that's for women's soccer in the US. So if we can get more than 91,000, well, or 91,000 or more, I should say, then we will break the world record. I, I'm confident that we will get it. Mm. Um, just because the MCG is so uh, accessible mm. from, I guess, every ac- um, aspect. Yes. But also because these teams, um, none of them are surprise teams. They're all um, teams with, I guess, bigger backings. That's true, and especially India, there is a huge number of um, second generation and third generation mm. Indian migrants in Australia, and they are absolutely passionate about not just their country, but their sport. So they will definitely turn up, uh, I think, if India get into the final, which they undoubtedly will at this point. I've also heard that 55,000 tickets have been sold so far for the game, so we're already 60% of the way there to breaking the world record, and apparently the ICC have offered tickets to schools to buy in bulk, so they'll get some school students there on the day as well, should they fail to sell enough tickets. But I think at this point, it's more than likely that the record will be broken. Oh, without a doubt, and once we're done... Uh, as long as the games don't get rained out and we can actually mm. see, uh, I guess, the winners. Um, I imagine Friday and the weekend, mm. once we have set game, mm. uh, we'll be seeing more tickets just start flying off, um, I guess, shelves. But yep. it, I expect it to easily um, hit the record. Mm. And uh, my advice would be as well, don't get caught out like I was. Actually, book your tickets now because you might not be guaranteed to get one at the ticket box on the day. Sin, on your radio, on your TV, and online at syn.org.au. It's time for the Sports Desk to move away from cricket now and talk about some basketball, Jacob. Yes. The season is getting really into it now uh, with a game, even Monday, uh, actually. Yes, we're um, into the semi-finals right now at the NBL, so they're doing the playoff system much like they're doing with the WNBL, as I discussed last week, and, of yeah. course, what the NBA does in America. The most recent game on Monday was between Melbourne United, which are, who were fourth on the table when they finished, and the Sydney Kings, who are on top, and Melbourne absolutely thrashed Sydney. As a Melbourne fan, <laughs> I love to see it. It is absolutely great. They won by a score of 125 to 80, so 45 points, which in basketball is it's just huge. It's huge. It's, it's, it's a washout, yeah. So, yeah, and you saw the Sydney players on the bench, including Andrew Bogut, just absolutely, they didn't know what to do. Oh, yeah, no, you wouldn't really know what to do at that kind of loss. You really wouldn't. So, because uh, Melbourne and Sydney are now one game all, they'll be playing a game tomorrow night in Sydney, at 7.30pm, and there is another semi-final going off between teams 2 and 3, which is the Perth Wildcats and the Cairns Taipans. Or is it Taipans or Taipans? I think it's Taipans. Taipans. The Cairns Taipans, which of course is a snake. 
and that is being played at in Perth at the uh, Perth Arena, which is in the middle of the city. And you know, everybody in Perth gets behind the Wildcats. If you've ever been oh, to that city, you'll you will see their merchandise, their advertisements everywhere. Everybody loves the Wildcats, so I think it, they're a shoe in to get into the finals. Oh, I think mm. I'm. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. It's. Um, I, I'd love to see the Taipans win just because I love that seeing um, that kind of disappointment come from fans. <laughs> it's always fun to see. Yes, but, it is. Um, yeah, I don't think as much as they might uh, be competitive. I feel like this is going to go pretty easily to the Wildcats. Mm. Being a boy from regional Victoria, there is a part of me that wishes that Cairns would win because, like, they are a team from uh, North Queensland, you know, out in the boonies, so to speak. (laughs) So it'll be good to see them win, but no, I think the Wildcats have got it. Mm. And they did very narrowly win their first game against the Taipans, but, yeah, I think they can absolutely win this one. And if it's anything to go off um, from Monday... I think Melbourne would probably get through. Uh, you think so, Sydney really? Again. But because Sydney are the favourites at the moment, but if you think that Melbourne's in with a chance, then hmm. I mean, after a win like that against Sydney themselves, it. it in I fairness, can't see... it was at home. It was at Melbourne, true. so they might have had the home ground advantage. True, true. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I personally would be looking forward to uh, Melbourne Perth uh, final. That would be a good final. Yes, it. I think it's unlikely, but yeah. Watch this space. And that uh, Perth and Cairns game, by the way, is happening after the Sydney-Melbourne game tomorrow night as well. You can watch both games on SBS Viceland on TV. Mm. Now, we've also got to talk about the WNBL, so that's the Women's National Basketball League. I was talking about it last week on the sports desk. Uh, I thought that uh, Dandy Dong would absolutely run away with it, but as it turns out... As it turns out, Jacob, it was the Canberra Capitals who won against the Southside Flyers, who are based in Dandenong, by two points at the Southside home ground. And that means that the Canberra Capitals go into their home game tonight with, uh, you know, the championship in their favour. It's um, it'll be an interesting one to watch, without a doubt. It will definitely be an interesting one. And the Capitals, of course, won last year. So if uh, they do win this game, that means they will win back-to-back championships. And do you know how long it's been since uh, the last back-to-back? In the women's game, uh, I think the Bendigo Spirits won back-to-back, oh, if memory serves me correctly, four or five years ago? Yeah, I feel like it's been a while for um, mm. the WNBL. Mm. And um, my, my poor team, the because Bendigo, of course, is my hometown, Jacob. Mm. Uh, j- just seeing them on, on second last place on that ladder, it just fills me with grief. I, <laughs> but, I mean, considering that, you know, we st- came to the competition rather late and we actually were really successful really early and now it's, we've just whittled away to almost nothing. Oh, I mean, I, I kind of know the feeling. It's... Um, <laughs> I don't really have too much of a, a problem with it because I'm a I'm a Dandenong fan. Oh, good on but, you! But um, yeah, it's it's a bit heartbreaking to see us fall out so close to the end. Yeah, um, without a doubt. So I mean, I feel you. Yeah, considering that you also won both games against Adelaide convincingly as mm. well in the semi playoffs there. So there, there was that hope building, and it's just oh, it's shattered. It is unfortunately. <laughs> But nevertheless, best of luck to Southside tonight in their final. Remember, that is in Canberra, and that takes place from 7.30. We're going to be talking some more. Well, actually, we should also say that uh, 
the reason why we're taking an interest in basketball is because uh, the Olympics are happening later this year. Yes, they yes. have been confirmed mm. to uh, still be going on. There, There is uh, a warning to be patient um, mm. with, obviously, the coronavirus and everything going on there. Uh, there are slight warnings from the Japanese government that, you know, if things get much worse, mm. they will try to cancel it for safety. Mm. But as of the moment... Uh, it has been announced that there are no plans to cancel it and it will be going forward. There we are. So there's the latest news regarding the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, it will continue to go ahead regardless of what happens with coronavirus. The only foreseeable uh, way that it will be cancelled is if the pandemic becomes much worse. Mm. Like much, much worse. It's interesting to watch too because uh, mm. I think... It- when the when the Olympics come around, every um, suburb, not suburb, um, country yep. puts out and does so much for the um, Olympics themselves. Uh, J- Japan's been doing it interestingly because uh, they not long um, started asking schools to close in April mm. so they can move the b- baseball games and the sumo uh, wrestling indoors um, to, I guess, help uh, stop the spread um, okay. of corona mm. just bef- uh, you know leading up to the Olympics. So mm. I'll be interested to see. Um, what else they do for their sporting events because they seem to be going really, really hard on that um, more than they usually do for Japan. And that's a conversation we sh- it's probably worth having here on Sports Desk um, over the next couple of weeks. Sin Media. Where young people run the show. This is Sports Desk with Jacob and Tom on a Wednesday and we're going to be talking a little bit now about the AFL Community Cup which, Jacob, I have I had no idea it was happening at all. Yeah, this one kind of gets um, lost in the shuffle with now, obviously, State of Origin and the women's uh, match mm. getting more and more popular. It's I think it, it's also a weird one because not many people follow it outside of maybe uh, a news article or checking the scores to see you know what young player that's been thrown into a game is doing really well. Yeah, I think it's really only the diehard AFL fans who are on top of these games at the moment because obviously, as you mentioned, the AFLW is getting uh, the dominant broadcasting rights as it should mm. be. We also had the State of Origin as well. So we're really left with uh, just no interest in this. Well, I mean, without a doubt, and I know I've been talking to a few people who they don't like how this is set up. Um, no, the, th- I, the three weeks, I personally feel, and I know a lot of other people feel, is a bit much. I, I think, it, because we're only playing two rounds, aren't we? I mean, the teams, hmm. they only play two games against their opponents. So it's kind of like, what's the point, really? What, what, what well, did these two weeks achieve that, you know, pre-season training and all that wouldn't? Well, I, I, I liked the idea of it um, at the start, before the State of Origin was set in, hmm. because it was just... It does feel like two shorter, uh, not shorter, but um, smaller games to help warm us back into the season. Mm. But again, with uh, with AFLW going and the state of origin being as big as it was this year mm. and talks of it obviously coming back, um, I've got to wonder whether or not this has much merit. And even then, uh, coming out of last this weekend, which, just to go over the scores, mm. uh, GWS won over Sydney, uh, 21 uh, to 27. Sorry, 121 to 27. <laughs> uh, Frio went over Carlton, 90 to 43, mm-hmm. and Collingwood went over Richmond, 84 to 44. That is significant, that GWS game, because it's nearly a 100-point margin. I mean... Uh, playing at Blacktown, you wouldn't think that, you know, Sydney would be beaten so comprehensively, would you? Uh, I'd have to disagree. Sid- mm. Sydney hasn't been doing well for the last couple of years, and uh, GWS, to be honest, going into this year, 
I've pinned them as very much premiership favourites. Um, well, yeah, of course, because they did make the final last year. They were they, beaten by Richmond, but... But outside of that, they've got everything going for them. Their team uh, on paper is terrifying. Mm. Um, and it's amazing to see how they came out of such a good year, mm. even with you know a couple hiccups in the last chunk. Mm. Um, they came out and got some amazing trades and got some good players in for what they needed. That's good. Uh, how do you rate Essendon's chances in the 2020 Premiership? <laughs> oh, with their injury oh. list building? Um, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to how they're going to land because mm. before they've even started, the injury list for Essendon is just its phenomenal. It's, oh. um, it's the biggest I've seen in a long time. The, the biggest probably since the peptide scandal all those years ago. Pretty much. Mm. Speaking of injuries, though, yeah. um, this is where I think the... Preseason is starting to catch a little bit of flack and where people were worried about the state of origin mm. um, because we had a few injuries uh, in the last round. Um, two coming out of Collingwood, uh, Adam Trelaw, who anyone who follows Collingwood is a key player, uh, Ben Reed, and we had Hardwick from uh, uh, Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. And these are all players that, you know, would probably be needed for uh, round one and two and probably won't be there now because they've put out for a game that doesn't really have any merit. No, it's. Just, I mean, it was a charity match mm. for um, bushfire relief, yeah, but apart from that, there really isn't much incentive for the players to be there. You no, say. it's... I, I can only really see it as a as maybe a beefed-up VFL game for mm. some players. Mm. Uh, like, I, I was keeping an eye on the um, Collingwood-Richmond game where mm. Josh Dacos had an absolute banger of a game, mm. but... Outside of that, I don't see much point for uh, your senior players to really play it. Uh, I know Richmond and Collingwood both had uh, all the senior players from the State of Origin completely missing. Mm. Um, and it makes sense. There's no reason to. I would also like to point out, Jacob, because we are the games are happening at a hodgepodge of locations. Of course, mm. we've got uh, the Bulldogs and Kangaroos game was at Docklands, which is Fair enough. We have Gold Coast Suns playing Geelong at uh, the Gold Coast Stadium. Again, fair enough. But then you've got things here like we've got the Saints and Hawks game was at Moorabbin. We had uh, the West Coast Eagles and Essendon playing in, uh, I believe it was a regional area, Mm. uh, which is good. I mean, it's great that the AFL is going to these regional communities, but is it really preparing the players for the season? I mean, they're going to be playing on services like the MCG and the SCG and the Gabba and what have you, but isn't it like detrimental to them by playing on these you know, oh, I, surfaces. I would, I would think it would be, and I mean, I imagine that's why most uh, coaches aren't playing a lot of the senior players. They're mm. instead bringing a lot of the VFL players that you know they they want to see if they start to shine a little bit. Mm. But that's about it. And this is all things that you could see in a VFL game mm. um, or training. And I, I, as I said, I think it's just a beefed up VFL with a few um, senior players thrown in because they didn't make state of origin. Mm. And I don't see a point in having that if you're not just going to maybe start the VFL game earlier or maybe do um, maybe do your pre-season but focus on the VFL aspect of it mm. before the pre- uh, actual season starts and more maybe more eyes will go towards the VFL and you know you might have similar to the AFLW or maybe take your pre-season training into regional areas perhaps oh that's a great idea mm. and I, I I honestly think this takes eyes away as well from um, the AFLW because mm. but on the flip side to that these games aren't being shown on Channel 7, like the oh, yeah. AFLW games are. I mean, you've got to 
obviously subscribe to pay TV if you want to see them or stream them online, mm. which not everybody has the means of doing. Oh, without a doubt. Mm. It's, it's, I don't know, I, I don't see much of a reason to keep the, the pre-season, especially if we're keeping State of Origin. I feel like it's one or the other. Mm. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll give a very brief rundown of the games which are happening this weekend. I mean, Friday we've got uh, Adelaide Crows and the Gold Coast Suns uh, playing in uh, Outer Adelaide. What's your tip there, Jacob? Um, oh, hard to say, really. Mm. I mean, Adelaide do have the South Australian advantage, so it's possible I, they I could try it. I think I'm going to go towards Adelaide on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Gold Coast hasn't been informed, but at the same time, they if did win their game against Geelong in Gold Coast. This is where Gold Coast does, I think, that maybe they're the only team that really shines here because mm. there's so much younger players and mm. their VFL tends to bleed into their senior quite a lot. Okay. Um, but because of that young representation, maybe they'll have a bit more of an advantage just because it's more of a, I guess, talented side. Mm. Okay, um, then. Outside of that... I. It's hard to say for that yeah. one. Right. And Friday, we've also got Hawthorne and Melbourne playing in Launceston. Saturday, it's Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs playing in Wyala, which hasn't been wiped off the map, strangely <laughs> enough. Uh, we've got uh, a derby, West Coast v Frio, and that will be in Jundalup, wherever that is. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, just, I'm not sure myself. If someone from Western Australia was here, they'd be able to tell us. Sunday, the Giants are up against Richmond in Wagga in New South Wales. Collingwood and St Kilda are in Morwell, and Carlton and Brisbane will be playing at their home ground at Princes Park. It'll be the good old days of suburban football. Oh yeah, from a suburban from a suburban look, it's a great thing. And you know, if you've got the chance, go see these games. They are fun, and they offer a lot more um, player involvement and crowd involvement than. Um the senior games might. Yeah, I mean, the smaller games, you know, there's an incredible atmosphere. Mm. Absolutely. And then on Monday, which is the Labor Day public holiday... I forgot that was on. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> we've got North and Sydney playing in Kingston, which is just outside of Hobart. And then we've got Geelong and Essendon playing in Colac. Yeah, it's, it's a bit out there. It's, it's a little bit out there, but, uh, you know, Colac's a great place. Mm. A lovely place. It's great to see more down there. It is. And I think that just about... Oh, we, we're cutting it very fine today, Jacob. That just about wraps it up for the Sports Desk on your Wednesday. We've, of course, talked about the AFL Community Cup, the basketball finals, the NBL and WNBL, and the women's T20... T20 Cricket. Thank you. T20 Cricket World Cup and the latest news on the Tokyo Olympics mm. as well. Next week, we'll continue talking about cricket with the men's team returning home to play New Zealand. Ooh. And, of course, don't forget that we've also got Sports Desk on a Friday. You'll be able to hear Jesse again. Thank you, Jesse, for joining us briefly this morning. And we've also got another lot of Sports Desk on Monday from the same time at 9 o'clock. Jacob, it's been absolutely wonderful to have you back. I look it's forward been to your great to have back. Yes, be I, back. I look forward to your company again next week. You have been listening to Sports Desk. Enjoy the rest of the, your day, and we'll catch you again soon.